following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of My Talk 1071. You are going to be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us for The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon, reminding you what we do here on The Mom Show. So happy that you are joining us because hopefully we streamline the process of your life. There's all these things that as a family you go, I wish I had more time to X. And most oftentimes you only have enough time to get enough information to make yourself dangerous and probably lose sleep <laughs> or to feel bad about things. So here on The Mom Show, we have our rotating panel of experts that come in and just impart some great knowledge to you and just kind of put us all into the same page. And so today we are joined by Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Wellness Clinics. Clinics now because we do have multiple locations. Good morning, Dr. Amy. Good morning. So we are now in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Hudson. We're officially in all of our places. Yes. Hudson, Wonderful. Hudson opens this week. It's our first clinic day in Hudson. And so, yes, you have options to see us um, for women's health in Minneapolis and in Hudson. And we also do prenatal care and maternity care out in Wisconsin. And what we're going to talk about today, along with um, the fact that we always remind uh, all of our my talkers that you do a broad spectrum process of women's wellness altogether. Yes. So it's not only a birth center. It, it is primarily that, but it's also all of the needs that you might have in your health center, you know, in your health yeah. struggles. Yep. So mm-hmm. we, right. When people hear birth center, they think, oh, maternity care. You guys right. only do maternity care, but actually we do full scope women's health. So you can come see us for really any of your health concerns, whether it's a checkup, uh, for your pap, breast exam, contraception, if your thyroid is maybe off, you need to have labs, um, if you're just not feeling good, or if you have some sort of um, something that's bugging you that you need to investigate a little bit more, if your time for your mammogram, DEXA scan, all of these things. Wait, what's that? What, do I need one of those? What's a DEXA scan? DEXA is where you have your bone density checked. Oh, okay. So to see if it's kind of a, a screening for osteoporosis for women. Okay. Um, so all of these things you can come and see us for. And we see girls all the way. You know, we, we do school physicals. So anybody that's five years old and above can come and see us. Um, we're a really safe, comfortable place for girls, especially um even starting to have to have that talk about puberty. Right. You know, our providers um, do a really good job of introducing that idea over time. So they're not only hearing it from parents um, that our providers can be another safe place for girls to ask questions. And we even have um, things like uh, powerful puberty classes. We have one coming up in October this year. And so if that's something you're interested in, um, my daughter and I did it last year. We have a gal come in from Colorado and she does an amazing job just introducing the idea of puberty and what it is. And it's not something to be scared of because what we found in the room for all the moms is 
our moms didn't really necessarily talk to us about all the changes that happen or, hey, this is what happens. You're going to get your period and have like a preview. It's, it was almost like, oh, my gosh, I have my period. What is this? Right. And, and I do feel like you know, often what we talk about is we talk about the way that TV actually makes things more mystifying because it'll just say there's this this thing that happens and they don't tell you about it, but they just make it very dramatic oh, and yes. say that or and or they even dramatize the conversation if a parent is going to talk to their child about it, then they don't actually go, well, here's a healthy way to do it. So I don't remember my mom ever having the quote unquote talk with me either right. about it. It's just one of those once you get here and I have to go, hey, mom, here's a problem. And she's like, oh, OK, now we'll handle it. But yeah. there wasn't a pre-conversation about it. Right. Because even my daughter, Isla, she is 10 going on 11. Mm-hmm. And so we went through this puberty class and they talked about bras so now all the girls feel really comfortable i think they're all wearing you know bras this year right but this year was also a year where we did more summer camps or they were away with grandma and grandpa for a week or whatever that looked like where we'd made up our own little pouch right that she had a few little things that she would need if for some reason she got her period when she wasn't at home and it just normalizes it right right and so we've actually taken out all those little things and looked at them and played with them so it's not scary and it's not a mystery and it's not something that she has got to worry about and um which i think has been nice just to normalize it and right it didn't have to be this huge conversation right or (laughs) i have to laugh because you're right the dramatization yes i as a mom have to know the exact (laughs) best amazing words to say and that's just not the case at no, all No, because we're all, we act every we treat everything like it's some ticking bomb um and so i mean and you are similar to me dr amy and that you also have a young boy who's in that pre-puberty oh my goodness thing. Yes. so i think that it's also reminding all of our my talkers that it's okay to have these conversations with our young men oh, about yes. having emotions because they're maybe not this exactly the same as women as our young girls of course yeah but we're dealing with emotions too and you have to kind of talk to them about about the, I had to have the talk about here's your deodorant. It lives in your backpack. You know, <laughs> kind of thing. It's okay to put it on after gym because I got a very nicely phrased email last year from his teacher that said he really enjoys gym. Uh-huh. However, and so, yes. so I, I mean, that age. yes. And so I remember that I put together again, my, his little male version of his kit. So I got oh, him yeah. some very, some, some, some man focused lotion, you know, uh-huh. kind of thing. And it's in a little dude bottle yeah. and it's in his, in his things. And I'm like, it's okay to use these and stop down during the day. And it's not something to be embarrassed by. It's just, just is. you're a human and this yeah. is what happens to humans. So just handle it. Yep. We did the same thing. Yeah. Yep. And I think, too, um, it sounds funny, but even the simple basic things like you have to teach kids to wash their face as right. they get to be teenagers. I mean, it's not necessarily just a washcloth in the bathtub every night anymore, right? Because mm-hmm. they're doing everything on their own. And so last year, um, it was really... Oh, you know, a couple nights or maybe a week of just a reminder of like, hey, this is how you do it. Here's your stuff. I'm just going to keep it here on the counter. This is number one. This is number two. Yes. (laughs) And it took, you know, as anything to get in a routine, it takes a little bit. But remembering that it's even those little things that we have to remind them and teach them as they start getting older. Right. And I think a lot of what we're going to cover today, if I'm correct from what you had mentioned earlier, Dr. Amy, is getting back in those routines. You know, the summer has flown by. You know, we're going to start the state fair next week. And so that means that we're going. uh, Some people have already started back to school or getting ready to start school this week. And then we have some other people that are starting after the Labor Day holiday. So we're right here for most families. We're in the thick of it. Yes. 
Yeah, so we're just going to talk today about really getting on back, back on track for school after the summer. Because you're right, it, for us, I felt like this summer flew by right. so quickly. And I don't know if it's because it, winter felt so long this year, but we soaked up, I felt like, just about every minute we could. Yes. And now it is. Now it's starting to think about getting back into the routines and just ways to make that transition maybe a little bit easier. Maybe things that you've thought of, but you haven't started. Right. I mean, as we were talking about, you know, there's some things I had grand plans for over the <laughs> yes. summer that didn't happen. Agreed. So when I was putting, um, thinking about this and just getting back on school, even for us as a family, I thought it'd be helpful just to talk about what those things are again. And I think it's wonderful the way that you had it structured uh, for what we're going to talk about today, just to kind of help families prioritize because it's yeah. you don't have to be perfect. Like we have this image. It's like we don't have to get everything done, but there are some tips or some, maybe some strategies that might help set, you know, set you and your kids up for success. Absolutely. Right. And if you don't get them all done, it's like anything else. There's other ways to work them into your system somewhere down the road. Yep. You know, but nobody's going to come snatch your kids from you and go, wait a minute, you didn't have them eat this many <laughs> carrots last night. You fail. So, <laughs> Mom failed. Right, exactly. <laughs> so if you have any questions, we always encourage you to be part of the mom show. You can call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. And ask any questions that you have of Dr. Amy about getting back in the routine. If maybe you've had a little bit of pushback and it would be helped to start this conversation, it'd be great. And in general, we always encourage them just even if they have some questions. Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Wellness Clinics is a great way to go. I think I have a question, but I'm not even sure I'm asking the right question. Yes, yes, because I think that's really the hugest roadblock that we see in healthcare and in our lives, too. But really in healthcare is we have Google, which can or may or may not be our friend. Right. But um, a lot of times, you know, things come up in our health that we just don't know what to do with. But we also don't know the right questions to ask. And we really recognize that at Health Foundations, that we help you figure out what those right questions are um, so we can get at the information that you need. Right. Well, we're going to go to our first break. And when we get back, we're going to cover some ways to get you back on the road to success for you and your kids as school is getting ready to start. Right, Dr. Amy? Yep. We're going to start talking about morning and afternoon checklists. All right. We'll be right back. Remember, you can always be part of the mom show. And we'll be right back with Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Centers and Women well, Women's Health Clinics. Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon, and here from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics, Dr. Amy Johnson Grass joins us again. Dr. Amy, um, I really appreciate whenever we have these conversations about getting your kids into a routine because you, like so many of us, you are a mom soldier, like, <laughs> like, like the rest of it. So it's definitely information that you can go from experience. These these are things that we have worked that. We we've tried that have worked for your re you know not only your patients but also for other people in your circle absolutely i think you know one of the things that we think about a lot getting back to school is over the summer our routine gets really loosey-goosey agreed and i think that's pretty true for a lot of people i mean even if you still have a schedule it seems like there's still a little bit of oh we're gonna have a little bit more fun in the evenings or stay up a little later or whatever that looks like or I you're feel 
traveling, even right. if you're not going on, you know, we're not all going to Disney World, but you're still going, well, maybe we're going, you know, uh, up to Duluth or we're going to a cabin or or there's a lot of flexibility that you probably don't want to do during the school year. Right. And the mm-hmm. sun's out longer. Right. You know, when the sun's out longer, our family's up longer outside playing or doing whatever. And so, but getting back to school, you know, I think um, and I see this for our family too. I think that routine is so important. Okay. Because structure for kids and adults is comforting, right? It takes the anxiety out of situations. Right. Because I feel like, um, especially when kids know what to expect, that they feel more comfortable moving forward and remembering that when kids are anxious, um, or not knowing what to expect or all of those types of feelings, that's when people start acting out. Right. Or that's when we see kids start acting out. Because I think a lot of times when you have a young person that has those, those, those mild, we'll call it anxiety issues. Yeah. You know, we're not to the point where we're talking about people where you need to probably work through something with a right. counselor. We're talking about those mild anxiety issues. It does come out kind of diagonal because yes. they don't know how to say, I'm feeling anxious. Yes. So it turns into, we had, you know, why did you call me that name or why are you throwing that or why did you right. <laughs> blowing yeah. up, blowing or up, mm-hmm. talking back or right. whatever it may be. And so I think um, as much as we can give our children that structure, we that's a known for them. So right. that way they can weather more of those unknowns in the beginning of the school year, especially like who's my teacher? What are they like? I haven't seen my friends for a while. Do I know where my classes are? Oh, did the bathroom location change? Oh, you know, all of these things that sometimes I don't think we think of as adults, right? That these, that our kids are going through, um, at home and having those routines just kind of sets them up for security there to go into that sometimes unknown a little bit more. So of the suite of routines that we can have our children uh, take part in, what are the two that you want to put back into place first? So I think uh, mornings tend to be one of the more stressful times, um, that wake up time until getting out the door, whether it's you're taking kids to school, they're waiting for the bus, whatever that looks like, having that spelled out. And it doesn't, it's not rocket science. Right. You know, even in our household, so I have a fifth grader and a seventh grader this year. And even though we're in middle school, we will still go through a similar type of checklist just to remind everybody, hey, this is the expectations in the morning. So it's get dressed, eat breakfast, brush your teeth, get your backpack on, get your shoes on and get out the door. I mean, those are very simple things, but we have them written out. And we put them on their doors, right? So that they see them when they get up and it's a nice reminder. It means that I am not nagging them. Right. Right? Because nobody wants mom and dad or parents nagging. Right. Um, I think it also turns into one of those pick your battles thing. What yes. I personally did for our morning routine is that every season, and so some, during summer season, I go through all of my son's clothes because I have a fifth grader as well. I go through all of my son's clothes. All I care is that he's dressed appropriately for school. Yeah. So I took everything else out. So I make it, you know, so it may not be, he may not match in the way that I would like, (laughs) but he is capable. He is clean. He is fully clothed appropriately to leave. And all I can go is put on your shoes. We have to leave. Cause I, there was a day last year where we forgot his shoes cause he was mad and he got in the car without the shoes and I didn't pick them up. And so we got to school and I was like, ah, remember those extra shoes I left here a couple of months ago? He might need them today. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree that it is just going 
what do I really want to discuss with you first thing in the morning? Not getting dressed. Just yeah. here's the clothes. And I found too, when our kids were younger and we found, um, I got this tip from another mom that I thought worked really well is we got two of those. If, if, Close our battle in the morning. And because everybody, that's one way kids exude their independence, right? right? And so um, the tip was get two of those plastic bins or something that stacks. So you have like two shelves. Yes. And the night before, the child can pick out two outfits and everything has to be, you know, full outfit, one bin, full outfit, second bin. Yes. And then the closet or drawers or whatever gets closed. And it's the understanding that they have to pick one of those two in the morning. So you don't get into that paralysis of yes. picking your eye. Because you're like, I don't have anything to wear. And you know you have a full closet. It's like, think it through at night. So the choices are already there. They've already picked them. And that way in the morning, too, if they want, to, again, that little bit more independence than that. The choices are there. Right. And um, that really helped us through that stage when... Um, it's kind of maybe kindergarten, maybe beforehand, maybe after, depending on the child of um, really that battle sometimes in the morning of what they're going to wear. Right. Right. Because it is just too much. Like some days you just look at your kid like, can we not do this? I didn't sleep last night either. So <laughs> I'm not making my best life choices. And therefore, it's very difficult for me to be calm with you. I think yeah. that's just real talk is trying to figure out how we can, as an, a family ecosystem, all be in the right position. Right. And I think um, that, you know, I mentioned those things and they're very simple. They're things that we would expect everybody to get up and do anyway in the morning. Right. But I think, you know, depending on your child, you know, we have children with two very different personalities. Um, one of our children will think of this through and they'll be like, oh, of course, mom. Right. You know, I don't really need this. But another one of our children, this is very helpful. Right. Because it is a reminder and you know, that step by step process and you put it in order. Um, it is helpful. Is th- and this is a generality question. I know that it's probably difficult because every kid is different. How many, because we, we do, I think a lot of our kids are in that in-between age where they do want to show their autonomy. But so I try to give him, I, I basically, I'm trying to go, I give him choices. Yeah. When am I giving him too many choices? You know, like what kind of pushback would I receive? How do I know that maybe I'm just asking him? If it if I'm doing, do you want this or that or this or that? Do you want to put that on too much? Because I'm trying to help right. by giving him choices. But then sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm giving him too many choices because he really starts to look stressed out. Are there certain tells that we should, as fam, as a as a parent, go? That's probably anxiety, and maybe I'm not That's feeling it. That's a good it. question. Okay, I don't know. I think mm-hmm. it's more it. Kids show their anxiety so differently, I right. feel like, sometimes. But whether it's all of a sudden they're having more stomach aches okay. or all of these things that you would, physical ailments that you wouldn't necessarily expect them to be having. Okay. Or they're acting out and you're thinking, wow, this is just not characteristic. Right. Or um, or you're starting to see those stress signs, whatever that is for your child. I think that's important to have that awareness. Because mm-hmm. I'll be honest, you know... Um, This year going in, so last year was our sixth grade year. We just started middle school and I was a little bit anxious, you know, going into middle school. I, I know Liam was probably anxious, but he had this cool confidence about him. Like I got this mom and I'm like, okay, well maybe we don't have, maybe this is me Mm -hmm. and he's all good with this. 
But, you know, as that first couple weeks went on, sure, I think he was trying to exude that confidence. But I didn't realize, I think, until probably a good month and a half down the line, just how anxious he probably was. Right. With some of the things that came out in conversations with that I'd have with him. And... um so I guess it's just kind of being, that's why having some of these other things in place and that structure, I just feel like supports our kids and, you know, having that awareness as a parent and trying to tune in. Right. And um, I don't know, though, sometimes I always feel like we as parents carry around all of our baggage from school. Right. Right. And so sometimes I'm always vetting out, is this my stuff going on or is this something that really is going on with our kids? So I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, so we have some more, like some some more learning experiences that we're going on because we're going to go to break. And what do you want to cover next? What next routine? A little bit about sleep because I think that's a big one going back to school. And if you have any questions, be part of the mom show at 651-641-1071. Be right back with Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass. Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon. Dr. Amy Johnson Grass joins us from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics. And we're talking about getting back into the routine of school. And I like that you are giving very tangible bite-sized information today (laughs) because we both admitted that you know this summer we had all these plans all these things that were going to be great like I told myself that I was going to take my son to school to do his heavy work Uh the week before school started Uh because we start early and I was like oh yeah and then I looked up I'm like oh wait school starts on Monday and I was like (laughs) I noticed the Oops. Friday, I noticed the Wednesday before <laughs> yeah. because I'm like, I need to look at the calendar and see when his open house is. I was thinking it was two weeks out. Wrong. I'm uh-huh. like, the open house is tomorrow. I need to go get things and drop them off. So nice. I, I just like you that it's just no matter how much time you have and all of these things that you know probably will help your child. <laughs> it's just difficult even for us to go, well, how do we fit that into our routine? Right. Because that means that we are being accountable and helpful for them. But sometimes I feel like who's being accountable and helpful for us? Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I know we have friends or Hmm. grandparents or, but there's not somebody parenting us. Right. You know, that's a lot to think about sometimes. So I think it's very, it's very freeing for you to go, okay, here's what we quote unquote should do. Yes. (laughs) But you can do it in pieces. If you don't do it perfectly, it's, it's, nobody's going to come back and look at you. So, you know, we shouldn't feel like we, I think we both default to this and lots of people do. They default to like, oh, I feel like a terrible mom. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't take much. It does not take much for us as human beings to like, uh, just go, oh, I'm so terrible at this. Uh I ruined my child. It it could be one day that they didn't like your cereal, the cereal. You're like, I am the worst. (laughs) (laughs) I am the worst mom ever. (laughs) Mom fail. I use that hashtag a lot. And I'm Uh like, oh, goodness gracious. So sleep, I think Uh, that's one of those things. It's, is it a constant battle? Like, how do you? So I would say I have so many families come in and see me about sleep. Right. Whether it's little, like little babies, um, toddlers. We are talking about sleep. I mean, we still talk about sleep in our house. Our kids are older. Right. Right. So sleep is a big deal, right? It helps everybody reset. It helps growth. It helps mood. It helps blood sugar. It helps all of these things. 
And it is. It's something that's kind of hard for a lot of families. So, okay, let's start with, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have to average this out, but let's say, what's the first yes. major sleep milestone for school-age kids? So should we start with like kindergarten through third grade? Is How do we block those, like those so, age ranges? I think, I think about it in age ranges. And if you were to Google this, there's a bunch of different age ranges out there, but we're just going to kind of give a bigger range this morning. Okay. So, Six to 12 year olds, they say about nine to 12 hours of sleep. Okay. 13 to 18 year olds, about eight to 10 hours of sleep a night. Okay. So, for example, if your child needs 10, 10 hours of sleep and school begins at eight, generally means that they would go to bed at nine and wake up at seven. Okay. Um, so, you know, in the summer, I would say, you know, I look at our family and our bedtimes aren't. Like what we do during the school year. Right. And um, I well, was, it doesn't even get dark until nine. It's so hard right. to tell your kid you need to go to bed if it's just full sunlight still coming in the window. Right. And everybody's out, you know, in our neighborhood, we're outside playing a lot of times. And so the kids do. They come in and they're like, but mom, it's still sunny out. Can't we just play one more game? Right. And so um, so we do tend to st- stay up quite a bit later more in the summer and just play and have fun. But now, so our school starts the 26th. So this week, you know, ideally one to two weeks, and this will really kind of be dependent on the child and the family. It's nice to start thinking about slowly resetting those sleep times. Okay. So you don't have to do it all in one fell swoop. So if all of a sudden in the summer you're going to bed at 10 o'clock every night, but during the school year you say your bedtime's nine, you know, maybe for that first, for a week or two, cutting it down into 15 minutes earlier every night. Okay. I think you'll get less... Uh, <laughs> Let's push back Let's from the kids. Push back yeah. from the kids because fifteen minutes is pretty negotiable. Mm-hmm. But and hopefully they don't notice. As I, you know, if yeah. you just if you shave off minutes and sure. it's just next thing you know they're just going to sleep. And okay. I think too for our bodies and our reset. If I've been going to bed at ten o'clock for a couple of months and then all of a sudden I'm trying to go back to bed at nine. You know, that whole thing about being able to fall asleep and all of these things. Sure, we'll talk about other things to do with a bedtime routine, but that's kind of, that's abrupt. That was one of the things that I, you know, when I, my mom failed, the way that I felt like I broke my son is I wanted him to go to bed earlier. So he did. So he started, you know, I, I, I shifted everything down, but then he woke up earlier. Right. So I'm like, oh, wait, this is just as long. You only sleep this long. Right. So, well, that's I've, the next piece I really think is okay. just really figuring out your target sleep times. Okay. Because our daughter needs more sleep than our son. Mm hmm. And they're about 18 months, two years apart. So, of course, you know, they, they, can, they can start having different bedtimes. Right. Um, but it's knowing your child's really target sleep. So do they are they great at 10 hours? Do they only need nine? Or maybe you have the child that absolutely needs 12. Right. Or they're the Tasmanian <laughs> the next day. Yes. Or not functioning or falling asleep in class or whatever that looks like. Um, but it really is and kind of figuring out what, what your child's that target sleep time is. Right. And I mean, when we, I, one of the things we talked about is like, well, what's the end goal? Like I wanted him to sleep longer in blocks. Yeah. So that helps too, letting him go to sleep later. Sure. Cause then he's most like more likely for my kid just to stay asleep. Then if I had him go to sleep early, he's like, okay, at 3 a.m., I'm done now. <laughs> no, we're not done. We're not go done. To bed, right. And then he's looking at me like, that's insane advice. Absolutely insane advice. And yeah. so now we're both tired yeah. and crabby. And yep. so, you know, it once you, is it really just personality wise? Like, is are, am, are you actually harming your child if they don't sleep this much? Or is it just some people are better at not getting that many hours? Um, 
You know, this target sleep range, I do think, is important. Okay. Because when we sleep is when you think our body kind of shuts down. So, like, if you think of our body, like the electronics that we carry around. Yes. You have to reboot every once in a while, right? You've got to turn off your phone. you got to update all of your yes. apps. Well, that's really what's happening when we fall asleep every night. And that's when our healing happens. Um, and, you know, just when I think of the amount of output our children have at school in a day and that amount of energy, a component of it is nutrition. A component of it is sleep. Okay. And so, you know, I do think, you know, trying to figure out what that is and trying to get within those target ranges, which they are kind of large, you know, yes. 9 to 12, 8 to 10 hours, you know, it does, does give you some wiggle room, but really trying for some of those target sleep right. times. So uh, when we, so let's start at the front end then. So what are your, some of your suggested um, bedtime routines then? So it's nice um, for at least 30 to 60 minutes before bed to start the idea of it's time to be quiet. Okay. So a big piece of this nowadays is turning off the electronics. Right. And because um, with our screens, that blue or that, that shine of the screen really is a stimulator. So it interrupts our melatonin which helps us know that it's time to go to sleep Mm -hmm. and so kids will often have a much more difficult time falling asleep if they're doing screens up until bedtime right i think with the screens too you know we reevaluate screens screens creep into our household a little bit more over the summer than than we do over you know the school year yes and so screens in general whatever that looks like for you you know we've decided that there's no screens monday through thursday at our house okay and, you know, that's a big that's commitment. A big, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a hard one in my house. I'll be honest with you. I wish I could say that I'm not going to be able to do that. I, and, I personally and I don't, don't feel like everybody, finding that fight. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's like, right, picking your battles. Yeah. And for our family, that's what we've chosen to do now. Right. You know, that's not necessarily, we started at the end of last year, took some adjusting, um, but that screen period. And then, you know, on the weekends, we're talking about two to three hours, um, but not all in one fell swoop. So you can't just veg out in a chunk. Yes. Okay, fair enough. So maybe like every half an hour, they have to take a half an hour break. Okay. Whatever that looks like. But And you know, the other thing with electronics that we found is we have a check-in station at our house. Mm-hmm. So at a certain time every night, everybody's got to check in with ours as a desk. Yes. And it has all the chargers on it. So everybody's got to plug it in and leave it at the desk and they don't go into the bedrooms because... Then all of a sudden, whether it's texts or alerts or who knows what is happening in the bedrooms or somebody wakes up and they can't go back to sleep. So they decide to watch something on their phone or their iPad or whatever, that that's where that stays, you know, at night until a certain period of time the next day. And for us, it will you know, they'll check them in Sunday night. Yeah. Get them back until Friday after school. Well, good on you. <laughs> it's taken several years yeah. to get there. I mm-hmm. won't lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so the screen piece before bed, you know, and whatever else that looks like, whether it's maybe taking showers, maybe that's the time that you say everybody has to read. Yes. You know, this whole everybody reading at 30 minutes a day. This is a great period of time in the day because it, it starts quieting everybody down. Right. Um, Maybe you're including essential oils as part of this, you know, lavender or something that's really calming, um, baths, um, whatever that looks like for your routine is really kind of sticking with that routine again, because it gives structure. Everybody knows to what expect every night and knowing that anytime you change something, it really takes a good two weeks 
Right. So when you decide to say, okay, this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to start, really be confident, hold fast for two weeks. Because once you get over that hump, I mean, that means you've got to really be accountable and do the two weeks and you've got to hold your kids accountable for that two weeks because the two weeks can be kind of hard. Right. Anytime you start anything new. But I think knowing that time frame and time period in your mind is helpful because then you're like, okay, two weeks, we can do this. And put it on your calendar so you know. <laughs> <laughs> you have a milestone. That'll work. <laughs> put something repeating on your calendar that says, you can do this. You're almost there. Two weeks ends and put the date in there. Well, yeah. just like the summer, the show has flown by. We're going to go to our last break. And then when we come back, we're going to give some more tips on getting back into that routine. Right, Dr. Amy? Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about central calendars and then, of course, lunches. All right. If you have any questions, the number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Dr. A.B. Johnson-Grass. Welcome back to The Mom Show on My Talk 1071 and streaming at MyTalk1071.com. We always encourage you to go back and listen to this as a podcast. If you, you know, are like, that sounded like a good tip or I just need to, I, I need to add it into my personal mantra. You know, my, I am not, a, this is not a mom fail. This is just, right. a, this is just a day. So if you need to go back and listen to this episode, feel free. You can hear Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics tell you that things sometimes are not just because you're doing them again doesn't mean that they're not working. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we were just talking about this over break, and I think everybody needs to hear it. So this is something that we think about every year. Right. You know, this is not like the first rodeo, and I'm sure it isn't for almost everybody who's listening to think, oh, my gosh, we've done this every year. Shouldn't <laughs> we be past this? And you're just Should not. It's just, no. I do think that we as parents, back to what you're saying about what can you do as parents to make yourself feel more? I, I'll use the word competent because there's nobody to come and parent us if things right. don't go cry right. It's just going, you know what? I handled this before. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will, I, it's just the time. This is the thing that I have to handle again. So yes. we can get much more zen about the, there's still a list again, you know, kind of thing. I thought yeah. maybe we didn't need a list this year. We need a list. Wrong. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I agree with you. I have some things that I thought I wasn't going to have to do as we go into the school this year. I was mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing them again this year. Right. Because I think, you know, everybody is probably thinking, well, I mean, these are very basic, similar things we talk about, whatever. But um, it's a reminder. You know, I even needed these reminders this right. year to think. Somebody said, oh, so are you guys thinking about <laughs> are you guys starting your sleep? And I was thinking, Oh my gosh, that's right. School yes. is only this time away. And yes, I guess we have to. And mm -hmm. these morning checklists, I mean, I think, I think some people think, Oh my gosh, why do you need that checklist for those simple things? But I don't know. We it feel works, like we yeah. revisit these things over and over and over again as parents. And I just think it, that's the way it is. I think that's just. I don't know. Yeah. I it's mean, just it, the way you're it just, is. you know, every family, their little, our personal ecosystems are a little distance, different. So setting yourself up for success and yeah. not being afraid to go, no, we need to have boundaries pre-placed, yes. you know, or we need to have a process that we go through because yep. it makes our life easier. Yep. You know, I think so. And I think, you know, what the, a few other things I want to just touch on today to help make that easier is, um, Something that I've found that we do in the summer, but we do a little bit differently during the school year. And I've been thinking about why is this true? And that's a central calendar. Okay. Mm -hmm. So ours is not fancy. Okay. All I do is I go online. I Google free monthly calendars. <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. 
And for the summer, I print off June, July, and August. And um, back in the beginning of June, I just write in the things that are happening for the summer, and they get taped to the fridge for the summer. Yes. And I found that it's a nice way that I don't have to be, I am not the central calendar then. Everybody's not necessarily asking me things or we're forgetting things or whatever that looks like. But I also found that it's really nice for the kids, more than I thought it would be, for them to just be able to go and check in and say, oh, I've got camp this week or we're going to grandma's or, hey, this is a free week or whatever that is, um, to have that central calendar. And so... We do weekly. So I had gotten this um, notepad that had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday on it. And every week we would write what was going on and just stick it on the fridge. Okay. But I'm almost thinking the central calendar is kind of a nice idea, even if you just do it for the month. Yes. And put it on someplace that is everybody can see. So everybody knows what's up and coming. Right. And I think with my kid, I let him pick the calendar. Yeah. So he got it and we put it up in his cork board in his room because it takes down the when are we this? When are we that? When are we going? What are the? And there's sometimes where I'm like, you have to wait. Like we're practicing on waiting. Yeah. I'm like, this is the date yep. that this happens. So and I don't have to remind. I can always go back to go look on the calendar. That's the date that that happens. And there's frame time. Their time frame of um, or their reference of time sometimes is different than ours. Right. And so, um, especially depending on the child, that that idea of what's happening this week or next week or a month from now, those months from now, I think are really difficult. They might hear you talking or, hey, oh, that's coming up. It's Halloween or whatever that is. But actually having a concrete idea of when that is, I found sometimes is hard for kids. And so having that visual, again, you know, especially um, sometimes this helps decrease those anxiety levels as well. So for one of our children, I think it's really helped. I've noticed how much um, they go up and actually reference it. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, okay, I know what's coming up. I know what's going to happen or I can ask. I've, I've noticed they ask more questions Okay, like, oh, OK. It, versus sometimes I was hearing, well, mom never tells us anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I just bring it on him. Right. <laughs> and so now it's just OK. Here, This is up and coming and it makes it a little bit easier. Right. OK. So we have our central calendar. And so we want we got about five minutes left. So what else do we think that we want to make sure that people know about? Right so now. let's talk a little bit about nutrition. So okay. generally that means breakfast and lunch. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the lunches. Okay. Um, I don't know about you, but our kids have chosen to bring lunch. So has mine. Yes. Every day. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think they'll do pizza days at school, but that even started being far and few between last year. Yes. So that means we're packing lunches every day. So I really encourage you to make your kids or help your kids be part of this. They can be making their lunches. Um, And this is also a really good opportunity to start teaching them about good food choices. Yes. And so when we started this, I it's amazing how many assumptions I find that I make. Okay, like. Of course, you know how to make your lunch. You pick a protein, you pick a fruit or and a vegetable and have a carbohydrate, a drink, and you can have one little sweet treat, ah. you know? And so that's in my mind. Okay. That's how I organize their lunch in my head. And when Let we me first, guess, all they picked was fruit and then a couple <laughs> treats, a couple fruit and a couple <laughs> treats and no protein and no. Right. Right. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Or carb it up. Yeah. That's what my kid would do too. If I did it. Yeah. If I let him pick. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And so it made me step back and say, okay, 
you know, that's right. They have not done this. They don't really have that same checklist in their mind. And so we drew just a real simple picture as far as these are the things that have to be in your lunch. Yes. And then we organized our refrigerator that way. Right. And when they were littler, we had a bin system. Right. So in the fridge, all the snacks that they could have, they could reach. Mm-hmm. So the grapes were already in a little container or cheese and crackers or whatever. They could go and grab it out of the fridge themselves. Right. And then in the pantry, we'd have bins of, you know, one bin of pretzels, one bin of whatever. Um that they could go and grab those things and they knew that that was their snacks. Well, it's similar to making lunches, right? right? To have those bins or areas ready so they know, oh, here's the fruits, here's the veggies, here's my protein choices, and then I'm going to go grab my pretzels or whatever, that carb, and then we're off on our way. And so I think just helping, well, doing it the night before, or when they get home from school, so they're ready for the next school day. Um, I've noticed those times when we have left that for the morning, so difficult. Right. So just be thinking about those those little things. And it's, again, it's getting back into routine. Right. So we always encourage people to go ahead and contact Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass and her team. You can go to health-foundations.com to find out information on all three locations now. You can also still call 651-895-2520, correct? Correct. Yeah, so make sure you do that again. It's health-foundations.com. And you can also go to our page. It's mytalk1071.com, keyword mom show. Thanks, Dr. Amy. Thanks.